Uh, let's talk about, I don't know, your financial future. Um, you know, it's important to be fiscally responsible. Uh, it's important if you want to have flexibility, maybe even a little bit of comfort in life. But sometimes it's not enough on its own. The good news is American financing can help bridge the gap between you and financial freedom. If you are a homeowner, for example, and you're paying too high a percentage on your mortgage, it's time for you to give American financing a call, like I have uh, several times uh, over the past few years, and talk to them about either a refinance or whatever you got going on. If you got debts, especially those in high interest credit cards or whatever it is, uh, American financing can walk you through consolidation and put you in a place where you don't have to feel, you know, all, you know, ill at ease all the time. It's one of those things that you want to make sure you avoid. And of course, American financing can work with you, whatever your situation is. If there is uh, a, a chance for you to lower the financial stress in your life, American financing is there for you. They're a family owned business and they work for you, not the bank. There's no nonsense, no upfront or hidden fees, no pressure, just a great company. American Financing, uh, you could skip up to two mortgage payments, which is always nice, and you can close in as little as 10 days. Call American Financing now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn today. The show starts here in a second. given <laughs> ever by anyone <laughs> we'll prove it <laughs> coming up in one minute uh, now that's how you start a show right there right there uh cheryl wrote in about her dog's experience with rough greens she says i was actually skeptical that this would have any effect on my dogs but the difference is unbelievable i ordered this when my 11 year old dog had to have surgery and wasn't doing well. Within a week's time, she was playing like a pup. I'm totally amazed at how much uh, better both of my dog's digestion has been as well. Thank you, Rough Greens. Yeah, Rough Greens, it's not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by a naturopathic uh, Dr. Dennis Black that you sprinkle on the dog food. And it's chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all the good stuff. You name it, if it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. And most dogs love it and will go crazy for it. Try it out with your dog and you'll see. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, and they're going to give you a first trial bag free. That's right, free. All you have to do is pay shipping. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33, 833-GLEN-33, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Give them a call today for Rough Greens. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. 
Look, it's, I mean, I, you knew it was going to be a bad speech <laughs> because they what, told us. What tipped you off? Uh, well, first of all, they said, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, all the freedoms being taken by the MAGA Republicans. Okay. They, do, do the, I'm sorry. Am, am I in another country? Do the MAGA Republicans have any power? What, what, what power do MAGA Republicans have these days? That's a really good question. What, pro, what power do any none. Republicans have these days? I haven't noticed none. any. And really, they have none. They have. They're in the ma- no House. minority no in the Congress. Mm-hmm. No presidency. They don't have the executive office. Uh, the only thing you could possibly point to for any source of power for Republicans right now is the Supreme Court. Which, which is are not MAGA, MAGA Republicans. Republicans. These are Federalist Society Republicans. Yeah. So I don't know where this. I, the whole thing, the speech, as you point out, is the worst speech ever given by anyone in, in history. Mm-hmm. But like, it's all premised on a, a giant lie, mm-hmm. and is all designed to get to a very specific political goal that we'll we'll get to here coming up. But it was it was a it was an odd odd piece of stagecraft as well. Where it seemed like mm. he was standing in front of the Soviet Union flag. Uh, yeah, or hell. <laughs> he was standing in front of the gates of hell. <laughs> what are you trying to do here? What image are you trying to project? It was very strange. Other than the, the Marines, which was super inappropriate. With mm-hmm. a political speech like that was. Blatantly political. And you've got the U.S. Marine Corps uh, standing guard in the background. Um, outside of them, though, that red highlight and the... The whole setting for it was just creepy and evil looking. And to I've, me, I've been calling it the birth of a nation speech because uh-huh. I don't know, like just from a stagecraft perspective, number one, you have this weird red aura mm-hmm. that uh, permeated the every camera shot. I, I guess they're claiming that if, if you zoom back, you'd see red, white and blue. But every shot of the speech it was, was framed just, in red just in red it looked like he was it was blood red in between the soviet union and hell somewhere in between mm-hmm. there is where he was making the speech yeah and number two he's calling it soul of a nation now when you hear soul of a nation the first thing that popped in Jeez. my mind was birth of a nation the <laughs> other democratic president from back in the day when you know joe biden was in his 60s i think woodrow wilson uh who who embraced the KKK, the former name of Soul of a Nation was the Klansman, or excuse me, Birth of a Nation was the Klansman. That was the other name for the for the movie. Uh, so this is something that mm. immediately, if you have any sense of history, makes you think, wait a minute, why are they Soul of a Nation? Like, it's just like yeah. a weird, a weird framing of the speech. He already yeah. made a speech this week, a, a quote unquote major speech. He's doing another right. one now. And... You'd think after these two, maybe they'd stop. Maybe they'd think, you know, maybe no more speeches until after November, because this was not good, Pat. No, not good. was really bad. In fact, uh, some have called it the worst speech ever given in history by anybody. I've heard two specific people uh, mention (laughs) that framing, and I think it's accurate. (laughs) It's hard to believe that this guy has a 40% approval rating. Like, how is is it so high? I know. Like, what has he I done know. for anyone to approve what he's doing in, in the office? Honestly, he's- I'd be hard-pressed to understand. I mean, they claim that they've really done wonders with the economy. I and mean, hearing, we're hearing the, the numbers come out from last month uh, on the job situation, 315,000 more jobs. So that's going to be put in, you know, they're going to take credit for that. I think it was a relatively good number, though the yeah. unemployment rate did go up which is not normally something you brag about, but 
Right, but they... It's, it's relatively low. To be fair, it is relatively low. And the... And the fact that, that gas prices have gone up to the highest levels ever, and now they've backed off that a little bit. They take credit for that. This is an interesting strategy from yeah. the left, by the way, which is make things the worst they've ever been, mm-hmm. then brag about when you turn them into the second worst they've ever been. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, that's what they're doing with gas prices and inflation, inflation. and all these things. Okay, hey, it right. was 9.1. Now it's mm-hmm. 8.9. We're doing a great job. You know, they try to act no. as if... The gas price thing going from $5 to $4 was, I mean, CNN framed it as a raise for every American. My gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But we are still at a point where we are all stunned by $4 a gallon gas. That's not supposed to happen in this country. Mm-hmm. And they're bragging about it, saying it's a raise. It's like a tax cut for everybody. And then... They spend stuff, all this money, and they they just dump money out the door. They sell the Inflation Reduction Act as if it would reduce inflation, which, of course, it will not. Then they also sell it as if it's a Deficit Reduction Act. We're going to lower the debt $300 billion over um, uh, 10 years. And then before 10 days occur, they've spent all of that money. All of it. Plus... Hundreds of billions of dollars. And then claim that he's lowering the deficit and and uh, lowering the debt. Yeah. My, wow. I have to say my favorite one, Pat, is the, uh, is the student loan package. Because number one, didn't even go through Congress. Didn't even bother with it. Uh, he's going to spend. Uh, mm-hmm. It depends on whose estimate you believe. The conservative estimates are around four to five hundred billion dollars. Others uh, are, are up, up to, to a, a trillion dollars. You know, I don't know. My guess is it's going to be closer to a trillion because of some of the incentives packed into the plan it's not just hey we're gonna we're gonna quote unquote uh relieve debt we're going to uh cancel debt that's not what's happening of course other people are paying for it but it's not Mm -hmm. just that it's also changing fundamentally the structure of these loans where you can't now no one will pay more than five percent of their income for a college loan and you might say well that sounds great i would like to pay five instead of ten i think it's limited at ten percent now but think of the incentives that that leads to if you're a college if you're going to a college why do you care what it costs if you are limited to five percent of your income no matter what the situation why would you care what it cost if you why if it winds up working and you get a million dollar a year job Right, you might have to pay a lot, but at that point, you're probably not going to care. You're making a million dollars a year. If it's if you're only making fifty grand a year and you're around the average income, well, it's only going to be five percent. So it's not really going to ever hit you. Basically, this it lowers the incentives for universities to keep costs low because they know. Yep. If they can charge, they can charge everybody five hundred thousand dollars. Right, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Because the government is going to have to make up everything above 5%. So I think the trillion dollar estimate is closer to reality, may very well go higher than that. And when you talk about spending all of that money, it's three times the amount of money they said they were going to save in the Inflation Reduction Act, which was never real, but that's what they were selling the package on. And it's going to, of course, increase inflation at some level. Might not change the entire picture of inflation, but it's going to do that. All these things add up to a... An attempt to buy voters with other people's money. Mm-hmm. And you spend and you spend and you spend like this. And you act as if people aren't going to notice 
the media is going to do its best to hide this stuff, but I, I just don't, I can't imagine the American people are this dumb. Are they, Pat? I hope we're not at that. I'm going to find know. out we're in November. Out. We're going to find out. We're going to, we're going to find, that is what. And it's so critical. It's so critical, this upcoming election. Mm-hmm. Every election is the most important election we've ever had, but this one, <laughs> I mean, I think our entire future depends upon it. We, the Republicans have to win back at least the House and probably the Senate, too. I mean, it doesn't look very good for the Senate now. I, I just saw that <clears throat> there was this, what, 75% chance they keep they keep the majority. Yeah, I'm a little more optimistic, honestly, than that. And that's well, weird good. for me. As, as you, <clears throat> that is weird for you. Anyone who's ever listened to the show knows that mm-hmm. I'm not... Not afraid to bring the little black rain cloud to the party. Right. I, I will. We got an outside barbecue. All the mm-hmm. tables are set up outside, and I will bring the thunderstorms. You'll I will rain do it. all over it. I don't care. Yeah. I will do it mm-hmm. because you know I just try to find out what's going on and, and try to predict these things as best as possible. Uh, but and 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 look, there's a lot of smart people who are out there saying this. I think Nate, Nate Silver is something like 75% right now. Uh, yeah. 538. That be where I got that statistic. Yeah, that estimate yeah. is, you know, and they're, look, they're, they're looking at what the picture is right at this moment, which is what they should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. I do think, though, what's not really talked about yet is I think the, the, the Dobbs decision and some other facts, factors on the left have activated them earlier than Republicans. Republicans are not in election mode yet. They, you know, there's there's a lot of factors. Like Blake Masters is a good example of this in Arizona. He's a candidate. He's not a well known figure yet in mm-hmm. Arizona. He's just he just got the nomination. He is most people have probably never heard him speak honestly in in Arizona. And he's I think a candidate that when he's in front of people is going to come off pretty well. Like he's not a, he's not come off as a crazy person. He's not come off as you know, some guy who's screaming about, you know, Dominion voting machines every day. That's not who he is. They're trying to paint him that way, but that's not who he is. And I think when Republicans are engaged in this election, that race is going to tighten. And we've seen that tightening already down to about four points. Same thing in Pennsylvania. You've got a candidate who can barely walk, who can barely speak. Mm-hmm. You know, God, I, God love him. I, I hope I hope he's healthy and lives a long, long time. Just but not he, in the U.S. Senate. No, because he doesn't seem... Ca- He's already a socialist. He's already Bernie Sanders with a hoodie. He's a terrible candidate and an embarrassment if Pennsylvania were to elect him. Uh That being said, he also can't do the job right now. He can't. He can't do a debate. His own team is admitting they are unable to debate right now because he can't process language. Yeah, but when Oz says something about that, oh, you're attacking a a man's health. Oh, that is so awful of you. That's so typical of you. You non-sympathetic republicans yeah you're, you're all just hideous people well wait uh you have to have a certain level of health yeah you gotta in be in order able to... to go to the u.s senate it's an important job you should be, at least be able to speak right i mean we already think, have you know look diane feinstein seems like that. she is having massive problems in this Joe area biden is having biden massive has problems a, yeah i mean there's a lot of this especially with democrats right now where pelosi pelosi I mean, there's a lot of it. Yeah. As we as we run through this list, I start to get really scared for the country. But <laughs> Fetterman is, you know, look, he would be a terrible senator for Pennsylvania anyway. He's having all these problems post-stroke. <clears throat> he can't even do a debate. You know, look, my thought was, as Republicans get engaged in this race, start really paying attention to the election, the base starts caring more. People start looking honestly at the situation, not feeling... Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, sympathy for John Fetterman, who's gone through a tough situation, but start actually analyzing who would be a good senator for the state of Pennsylvania, this race is going to tighten. Now, I don't, you know, I hope will, you're right about that. I don't know that, you know, we've talked about Dr. Oz. I don't, I don't know that he's the greatest candidate in the world. Uh, I think they, they had other options that would have made this race easier. Yeah. But that being said, when you look at Fetterman, I, my expectation was, you know, early October, Late September, you'd start to see this race come together a lot closer from not 16, 14, 11 points, but something closer. Well, the last two polls have showed Oz down only four and five. It's already mm. started to, to tighten. Mm-hmm. And what these analysts are looking at is are, are these special elections where there has been a Democratic lean to several of these special elections. But special elections can give you a, an insight as, as to what the, the, the tone of the election is, what's the climate of the election, which is the main thing that kind of you judge the House races on and some of the Senate races as well. It can give you a picture of that. But like Democrats got, oh, this is a weird way of saying this, but Democrats got a head start in their engagement this time because of Dobbs. They, Republicans were like excited. Hey, this is a big win. They, they, but it didn't excite them to get to the polls. That was something they took as a victory. Mm-hmm. The, the there there is a sect of of the Democratic Party who was very angry about the Roe versus Wade overturn and went to the polls in bigger numbers than you'd expect in like Kansas, right? I mean, like Kansas is a yeah. red state. There's no reason that, to believe. That when Republicans are really engaged in an election in Kansas, they're going to lose it. They just weren't engaged in that election. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it was too tight to the Dobbs decision. And that's right. what people were fired up about on the left, not the right. So I think that's going to smooth out. I think it's going to even out. And this is going to get a lot closer. I do think Republicans' chances of taking the Senate are better than, than 25%. But they might not be better than 50 And that's something mm-hmm. you know we really have to consider because the judges are going to ride on that Senate. You got to get control of the Senate, too. You can block the legislation in the House. You can't block the judges. We will get to uh, some of this wonderful speech, just in case you missed it last night. Uh, Coming up in 60 seconds. Sometimes in life, the best thing you can do is learn the hard way. We hope to not do that here in this country, if we can avoid it. But that's not the case when it comes to real estate transactions. When you're trying to buy or sell a home or, or both, the truth is that the school of hard knocks is a thing to be avoided at all costs. That's why years ago, Glenn started a business called Real Estate Agents I Trust. They pair you up with the best real estate agents in your area so that you have a chance of having the best outcome possible. Go through the roof. It's a free service to you. And when I, you know, I've been talking about these guys for a long time. They, they do a fantastic job screening the agents, making sure wherever you live in the country, you have the best agent to buy or to sell you, you don't have to take my word for it, though. Check it out for yourself. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. The speech last night. I... I said all week on my show that uh, I know this is going to be just an agonizing, awful speech, but I underestimated it. <laughs> it was worse than that. Uh, just amazing. Uh, here's a few of what uh, a few of the comments that Joe Biden had and uh, made, especially against MAGA Republicans. 
trying to nullify the votes of 81 million people. And they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election <laughs> as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time what? to nullify the votes of 81 million people. Oh. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. There's a couple of things there. You can hear the guy in the background yeah. doing the F. Joe Biden thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he must have been a long way off, but had a bullhorn, and so... It was picked up fairly clearly. There's a lot of let's go Brandon chanting going yeah. on as well. Yeah, yeah there was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the MAGA Republicans are trying to nullify 81 million votes? No. What they wanted to do, they did interrupt uh, the House procedure for for a short while. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- what they wanted, I think, was people to acknowledge that maybe there was some uh, fraud going on, and maybe we should have another recount of it. I don't know that they ever wanted to overturn or nullify anybody's vote. You could always find somebody that believes anything, right? You can. And, and, and like, look, if you want to look at uh, groups like, you know, QAnon, for example, (laughs) people who follow the QAnon thing, right? Like, they're going to be more likely to want to do those types of things. But uh, talking about MAGA Republicans, what, what are we talking about here? A good third of Repu- the Republican Party? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, look, Donald Trump is going to, if he decides to run, going to walk into a 20-point lead in the primaries. Easily. Right? I mean, maybe more. Maybe, maybe more. I mean, we've seen some polls that would show it with more. And that's, again, if Ron DeSantis runs, mm-hmm. which he may not, if Donald Trump does, we'll see. But if if DeSantis doesn't run, he's up by, what, 40 I, I mean, think so. You, you know, what are you, what so. are you calling a MAGA Republican? They, they're trying to take... The you know few hundred people that went into the uh, the the chamber mm-hmm. and direct that toward everybody everybody else and asinine are, they're doing the same Dangerous. thing they're criticizing here yeah they're trying to say seventy eight million votes or whatever it was does doesn't count those people who voted for Donald Trump they're all they shouldn't count they're 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 not democratic they don't care they are uh, hateful people who go you know try to overturn our democracy. Mm-hmm. And then he's saying they're going to try to steal the election in advance, right? Yes. Like he's he's doing the same thing he's criticizing Donald Trump of doing. He's telling you in advance they're trying to steal the election. Exactly. And if we lose, they stole it. And by the way, something Democrats have done every single time every a Republican's time. been elected to the presidency. At least in my lifetime. They did it in 2000. They did it in 2004. They did it in 2016. Mm-hmm. And they'll do it again in 2024. What, whenever they lose, they If do it. a Republican yep. wins. Mm-hmm. This is what Anybody they do. remember selected, not elected? We heard that for years. Illegitimate president? We heard that Trump was the whole time. The Glenn Beck Program. Inflation is substantially outpacing wage growth. I don't care what income bracket you're in, that can be crushing to your household budget. Unfortunately, those who are retired or on a fixed income are getting hit the hardest. So what more can you do? 
to weather the storm of inflation. How about calling American Financing for a free mortgage review? Because I can't stress this enough. If you have an asset that continues to appreciate even while the market crashes and the dollar implodes, you need to look at it. And that asset is your home. It's more than just a place you live. It's an investment tool. And right now you're able to access cash from that investment at competitive rates. Don't forget, the Fed is meeting again soon. They plan on continuing to raise the interest rate. In as little as 10 minutes, you can learn about custom loans that will help you achieve financial stability. Call American Financing at 800 906 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. Avoiding the woke mainstream messaging in favor of truth. More Glenn Beck in a moment. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Be back on Tuesday after the uh, Labor Day weekend. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. So the speech last night, inconceivable, really, on so many levels. Have you ever seen? I've never seen a president attack the American people the way Joe Biden did last night. The big chunk of them too. This is not just saying. Uh, this is not even basket of deplorables, right? It's no, much worse. Right. Much much worse. Basket of deplorables. You know. Look, that was a big controversial moment. But when you listen to the entire context, this is a a weird stance to take on conservative radio, but I'm going to go for it anyway. When you listen to the entire context of Basket of Deplorables, what Hillary Clinton ham-handedly is attempting to do is separate out the extreme of the extreme and say that those people aren't like the rest of us Americans, but... There's lots of Republicans that are fine and they're wonderful. It's just those people way out there. That's not what Joe Biden is doing. No, it's not. What what Joe Biden is attempting to do here is to say basically all Trump voters are in this world. Basically, that's what he says the whole time. At the end, he kind of pays some lip service to, oh, yeah. I'm not talking about all Republicans, right. uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. All right. After you just spent 24 minutes right. telling us yes. how bad we are, now the last 30 seconds, you're going to go ahead and say, well, that's not all of them. But I think it, it it goes beyond borderline dangerous. It was just a dangerous speech. Because what are people going to, who are they going to blame now? They're going to look at, like, they're going to look at us. And say, well, you're the MAGA Republican, and yeah. you're a threat to the democracy. So, is somebody going to do something about that? He asked them to stop them. They've got to be stopped. In what way? How are you going to stop them? Uh, what have you just inspired people to do here? I mean, Republicans have been accused of inciting violence for a lot less than what he did last night. Mm-hmm. A lot less. But here he is talking about MAGA Republicans being a threat to the country. Uh, and then somehow he's the president of all Americans. Uh, okay. The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president. Not a president of red America, blue America. <laughs> really? But of all America. Oh, this is the uniting power. And I believe it's my duty, 
My duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult. Oh, okay. No matter how painful. That would be interesting. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. (laughs) They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. It's always so laughable when Democrats talk about the rule of law. Oh, they care. Agonizing. They're the people that want to defund the police. Yeah. Now I know Biden is open up the border. Is realizing that I oh that that polls poorly, so I should I I shouldn't embrace it. Mm -hmm. But uh, open the border. uh, You know when people do get arrested by the actual police that had been funded, you raise money to bail them out. (laughs) That's the that's the democratic approach to rule of law. Yeah. And and the vice president of the United States did just that. She raised money for them. Incredible. Uh, he also talked about American democracy. He used the word democracy 31 times in 24, 25 minutes. That's I, just knowing times. you very well. Oh, that drove that. me out of my mind. <laughs> out of my mind. You've been, as long as I've known you, this has bothered you. <laughs> yes. And, and I feel like now it bothers more people on the right. Like you led the yeah. way on this one. <laughs> this was annoying you in like 2001. It really was. It really was. But it's gotten so intense lately because, man, they are really pounding that. They're, they're hammering away at democracy. And we're talking about, of course, the use of democracy as opposed to what we actually have in this country, which is a constitutional republic that does have elements of democracy inside yeah. of it. Yeah, it's a democratic republic. Mm-hmm. However, what they're trying to say, what they're, they're trying to get us used to the word democracy because what they're talking about is, is democratic socialism. This is just code for democratic socialism. And that's why they keep hammering it, hounding it about it all the time. I mean, it's certainly how democratic socialists use the word democracy. Yeah. Right. Like they intentionally, yeah. they know democratic socialism doesn't exactly test so well uh, with audiences. So they use but the democracy word democracy. Does. Right. Yeah. So they, they use it in an exactly. interchangeable sort of way. And the left has embraced that. They've embraced that framing of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the type of thing that when they say, well... The Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. But we looked at a poll that said that 54% of people support Roe versus Wade. This is overturning our democracy. No, that's not at all how this works. Okay? <laughs> right. Our, consti- our system of a constitutional republic has the Supreme Court that is part of the system, not, not some fake thing Republicans invented, mm-hmm. but it's part of the system. And when just because a bunch of people who don't know what Roe versus Wade actually does, which we've covered in depth, think that it's a they like it, uh, that doesn't make has, has anything to do with democracy. It's just a poll. Nor does that decision from the Supreme Court have anything to do with re- MAGA Republicans that he's blaming for taking away that right from women. Right. Uh, wait, what are you talking about? Republicans didn't make that decision. The Supreme Court did. Right. Now, of course, Republicans had something to do with naming uh, the justices that made that decision. But again, those are yes. those are those are fundamentally mainstream Republican nominees. They were not. Absolutely. Mod- they like, are. Remember when Donald Trump was uh, nominated and someone asked him, hey, uh, who, who would you name to the Supreme Court? He's like, my sister. That was his, <laughs> that was his initial <laughs> answer back in the guy, you know, back in the day. It's been a while. Who is quite liberal. Who is quite liberal, but a judge, right? And he was like, I don't know, my sister does a good job. You know, again, it wasn't a serious policy statement, but like, you know, you there are people you could point out to. He didn't put Rudy Giuliani on the Supreme Court, right? Right. He put he had a list 
of members of the Federalist Society. That the, the, the Federalist Society legitimately put to get together this list with people like Mike Lee and Ted Cruz. These were, uh, you know, conservative nominees, yes, but nominees that were widely accepted on the conserv- as part of the conservative legal movement long before MAGA even existed. And you and I didn't even believe these appointees uh, would necessarily overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. And we've seen so many times they failed. I and thought the only one as, maybe that might have voted that way was Amy Coney Barrett. Um, well, Clarence Thomas. We but, uh, well, no, I mean of the new of ones. The new ones. Okay. Of the new ones. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about Kavanaugh. I wasn't either. I or was Gorsuch, m- necessarily. More, yeah, more sure about Gorsuch, but not entirely convinced. Mm-hmm. We saw that Roberts flaked. Yep. Right. So, uh, yep. you know, I, I mean, I knew, you know, you knew Alito and Thomas would be there, but with these, with the new three, you didn't know. And, right. you know, I was very, 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 very pleased at, at those picks, less pleased about Kavanaugh, but overall, generally pleased with the picks that, that Donald Trump put in the Supreme Court. And uh, mm-hmm. the, these are people that, I mean, Brett Kavanaugh was talked about for this position before Donald Trump was even thought of it, thinking about running for president in 2016. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah. He, was, he was on that list. For, Neil Gorsuch had been on a list for a long time. Amy Coney Barrett was newer, but certainly within the tradition that you'd expect from the conservative movement going back half a century. Mm-hmm. And the idea that these are MAGA people, first of all, it doesn't matter. If they were or they weren't, they're if they're on the court, that's the qualification. Sonia Sotomayor is insane, right? She is literally a yeah, terrible Supreme is. Court justice that has absolutely no business being on the Supreme Court, <laughs> but she's on it. Her vo- vote counts just as much as everybody else. That's not me, you know. That's not. I don't say democracy doesn't exist when she has a vote. She gets to. She gets to go through this process. Unfortunately, by the way, she's terrible. I mean, at least Elena Kagan seems to have a head on her shoulders. Sonia Sotomayor is is absolutely terrible. Yeah, you can be surprised with an Elena Kagan rulings once in a while. Or who she sides with on a ruling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor? Never. No. You know, you always know before the case goes there how she's going to vote and what she's going to say. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's going to say, you know what? We know you're a liberal uncle. What did he say on Twitter last week? That's what Sonia Sotomayor is going to put in the room. <laughs> That's <laughs> completely disconnected or yeah. not. Yeah. Whatever that thing is, it's going to be in the middle of her ruling her, or more appropriately, her dissent. And that is what's uh, that's what's good. That's a good thing about our country. It's the only thing. The courts are the only thing holding us back right now. Yeah. You know, we had a president yep. of the United States who said, I'm going to, uh, I don't know, uh, ban evictions. Wait, what? You're going to overturn the real estate market? What does that mean? You can't do that. And of course, the Supreme Court said, you know what? You can't do that, obviously. Uh, you can't do that. And so he went back and said, yeah, I know the Supreme Court said it. I'm going to do it again. Even though the Supreme Court said you can't do that. He said, I'm going to do it again. Yeah, talking about rule of law. Yeah. What about Hello, that? That's how America works. When the Supreme Court says you can't do that, you can't do that. They came out. The Department of Education, Nancy Freaking Pelosi hmm. came out and said, no, he, the president does not have the power to just, you know, cancel a bunch of student loan debt. That's not, it's 100% not in his power. And you know what he Until said? Until he does it. Yeah, I, I did it. And then they all change. Yeah. But you know oh, what? The no, courts, brilliant. if they can get this to the court, I'm confident that they will overturn it. Especially after the West Virginia ruling that just happened, where they said, look, there's some leeway for 
for the administrative state to make some of these maneuvers. I don't particularly like that uh, truth, but it is the way we've run this country for a while. But if it's a major decision, you got to go through Congress. That was basically what the West Virginia case said. This one was related to uh, global warming. But it applies to everything they're trying to do. The fact that this guy would throw a trillion dollars of free spending without going to Congress in after that decision is shows that he's a person who literally doesn't care about the rule of law. He doesn't care about our structure of government. Yeah. And to me, this is much more precisely what the founders had in mind when they came up with the idea for impeachment. It wasn't about, hey, uh, the guy's having an affair and he lied, or it wasn't about, oh, that perfect phone call didn't go the way we say it. Th- None of that. That's, I mean, you can argue whether those things are uh, a political rise to the political level of impeachment, which is what this has turned into. But the founders initially were like, you know, if someone's just ignoring our system of government, that's, we need to get them out of there. That's what impeachment's for. Mm-hmm. Those, it will never happen for the reasons like the student loan uh, debacle. No, because that's not the way our politics works. But that was much more precisely what the founders intended when it came to utilizing these clauses. You know, when you have a president who over and over and over again is doing things that he has himself admitted he can't do. (laughs) DACA is another example of this. Just saying, yeah, I want it, though. That's not that's not a that's not part of our system. Yeah, I really want it is not part of our system. Huh. You got to go through Congress for these things, even if they're terrible policies like student loan relief. Yeah, but what if I really want it? No, no, that's not enough, Pat. No, but I really, really want it. How many times? Two? Yeah, not enough. If I go three, would that? Would that, let me, hold on, let would me that help? Let me look at. The I really, really flipping through. Hold on. Really want it. Let me just look at the back. Is it on the back in small print? No, you can't no. do it that way. Have we tried the lemon juice thing in the in the hair dryer? No. To see if we'll, there's... We're getting Nicholas Cage in here to okay. see if we can find that clause. We'll check on that uh, coming up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Life is about being active. Whether it's about going on your daily tasks or exercising, you know you're well when you're regularly active. But what happens when being active actually hurts by the end of the day? This is the position I found myself in a number of years ago. Everything I wanted to do in my daily life, all of the activity it called for was held captive to almost constant nagging pain. When I heard about Relief Factor, I was skeptical, but my wife said, give it a chance. Not long after I took it, I could feel the pain begin to melt away and i've been taking it ever since and i can tell you that relief factor has helped me get my life back i love that it's not a drug but it was developed by doctors and about 70 percent of the people who try it go on to order more your first step to becoming pain-free just might be ordering a three-week quick start for only 1995 go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief 800 for relief or relief Find out all about this offer and feel the difference. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. A big speech from Biden last night. I don't know why he had to make it. I don't know why he felt the need. I I, I think he... I have an idea. Do you? Yeah. Okay. 
He wants this election to be about Donald Trump really badly. That's for sure. He wants people Isn't to be re- that the truth? relitigating the 2020 election. He yeah. wants it to be not about his record, not about inflation, not about the economy, not about the border, mm-hmm. not about Ukraine, right. not about all the other terrible things. Because everything he's done. is bad. That not he's, about Afghanistan. Everything he touches turns to crap. Right. Please don't talk about me. Please talk about him. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yes. And, you know, of, of course, the media wants that too. They remember the glory days of their. 100,000 people watching instead of 10,000. Either mm. one is a good number, but their ratings, b- bonanza of the Trump years, yeah. they remember it. The left, it, it, look, Donald as he, as Donald Trump would tell you directly, he the left hates him, right? Mm-hmm. They hate him, mm-hmm. and they get unified in their hatred for him. So, That's the unity he was talking about during the campaign. Yeah, and he did it. He yeah, did it. Yay, congratulations. The uniter. All right. But that's Good. what he wants to do. That's yeah. what this speech was specifically yeah. designed to do, to make this election about Donald Trump, who, by the way, I might point out, is not running. He is mm-hmm. not even on the ballot in 2024 yet. And he certainly right. is not running in 2022. You want to go after one of the specific candidates that's on the ballot, that make, might make sense. But now, that's not what he's doing here. He said democracy 31 times i i didn't count how many times he said maga but a lot of times and think about this pat he went through the 2020 election in the basement almost never saying donald trump's name yeah since he's been president he's almost never said donald trump's name he said my predecessor he's Mm -hmm. used that he stayed away from it the whole time and all of a sudden it's maga republicans I mean, he he dabbled in this with the mega MAGA thing he tried. And he did mention Trump's name and a couple he, of times. Yeah, he because but that's what he wants. He yes. wants people to be talking about Donald Trump. And you know, Donald Trump. I don't know if anyone noticed this. He you know not the president, not the president. In of the fact, States. he holds no political office in this country. No, and, nor right is he now. running for political office. <laughs> right. He is literally just a citizen like everybody else right now. So it is. It's strange and it's dangerous rhetoric that is going on with him right now. It's it's not good. Uh, we barely scratched the surface of this, but there's a ton of things to talk about. Um, and uh, we will get into it coming up here in just a few minutes on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. This is the Glenn Beck program.